This episode of The A-Team is brought to you by FaceToFaceGames.com, Canada's number one source for Magic the Gathering card singles. Yeah, I had a I, real I like to play the quiet complimentator. Uh, quiet complimentator. What? The contemplation. Quiet contemplation. I like to play that. Welcome to the A Team Podcast, brought to your ears by ManorDeprived.com, home of Canadian magic. In 2010, a crack magic playing unit was sent to prison by the DCI court for mines they didn't commit. These men promptly escaped from a federal palm in the ass prison to the Canadian underground. Today, still wanted by Wizards of the Coast, they survive as podcasters of fortune. If you have a problem, if no one else can help, and if you can find them, maybe you can listen to The A-Team. KYT. It's just like, why? Not everything I do is, like, horrible. <laughs> like, yeah. You can't have it both ways, old man. <laughs> Jay Boosh. Damn it! Why am I always so ahead of the curve and then somebody <laughs> like Owen makes a deck popular and now I sound like every deck brewer on the planet? Scotty. It's actually a secret ploy for her to get you two to spend more time together. <laughs> if mom next levels you. It's <laughs> you look serious. And Jeremy. Do you know how hard it is to buy Korean singles? No. And when you put Korean singles into Googles, do you know what you get? You don't get magic cards. <laughs> and now, the A-Team. Hey everybody, welcome to episode 201 of the A-Team Podcast. Mr. Scotty Mack here, joined as usually by two of my very best friends, one Mr. KYT. What's up? What's up? And of course, Jeremy Scumbag Schofield. What's going on? I don't even know why I'm fucking here. What? After fucking 200, like, I don't even know why the fuck I'm here. Yeah, I know. You really tore it up during 200, man. That was pretty gross. That's why Jay ain't here, right? I know. I mean, you guys had it out pretty good. I wonder if that one will ever see the air. I don't know, man. It was a pretty epic throwdown. Fucking just... I'm still fucking pissed. Well, I mean, we'll see if he ever comes back. (laughs) (sighs) I mean, truthfully, that's sort of where I'm sitting on this. We'll just have to wait and see if he comes back. You guys had it out pretty down and dirty. I'm hoping that everything turns out okay. Yeah, let's just not talk about it. Let's just not talk about it. I agree. You know what we can talk about? What Magic the fucking gathering. What? The fucking gathering. We, uh, I think we all played a pile of it this weekend. And of course, there were, you know, 335 or 345 people or rather, or whatever the number was, that uh, played some really high-level Magic this past weekend. Really? In beautiful Hawaii at Pro Tour Cons of Tarkir. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. We should talk about that again. Did you guys watch any of that? I got to watch some of it, yeah. Yeah, yeah, I watched some of it and, and most of most of the top eight actually, if not all. Yeah, that's where I was at too. I was able to tune in early, and the first thing that I noticed, like right off the bat, was that Wizards up the game and they bought HD cameras for everywhere. Yeah. Ooh yeah. Yeah, that was sweet. Um I got to watch a lot of the drafting, like the, I watched the draft on day one. And on game two, I got to see, like, the last round of draft and, like, the first round it constructed. And really didn't get to watch much on day two. And then on the top eight day, I managed to get home to, like, watch all of the top eight, so. 
It was real good. Sick. Yeah, I was uh, I was really happy with it overall. I felt like it was um, it was really well done, and the coverage turned out fine. I really had no complaints. Um, and it was super exciting to watch. I felt like all the games were really good, and you know what? Uh, some of us shit the bet on our draft. Oh, I know, I know. Like I sat there and I was going into it. I'm like, holy shit! There is no way I'm winning this thing. I thought I was just dead. dead and yet, fuck. you won. Yeah, because I'm fucking awesome. <laughs> yeah, it was... Uh, Nothing it all to came... do with, like, literally five minutes before we started that we figured out that I won. And Well, I, I mean, it all comes down to the fact, the way the scoring system is, if all of our people make day two, then I'm you're dead. probably well ahead of anybody that doesn't, right? Yeah. So, you know, unless they win the damn thing. But So that was... Uh, so that's fine. That's that's all good. I uh, I ended up coming in last <laughs> uh, this time, you know, dragged down by Tom Martell and Melissa Detora. But that's okay. My long shots didn't uh, didn't come in. I'm okay with it. And see, that's the thing is, I thought I was going to get Del Toro, so like you really like saved me there. You're welcome. Yeah, I still thought she was going to crush it though. Like I don't know why. Yeah. Yeah, that's where I was at. I think, truthfully, if I didn't pick Melissa, I would have picked, um, I would have picked Sean probably, just because I should have had somebody from Canada to represent. Yeah, see, that I just I don't think really it was good. his event. See, I didn't either, and yet here it is, right? <laughs> like, who knew? I, I, I suppose in a format where Blue Red Red is one of the best decks, Sean McLaren's going to do real well. Yeah, yeah, and it was pretty funny because like some of the people were saying like as much as as well as he did, and you know as much like just dominating he did. They also said that his deck was just one of the worst types of that deck possible. Yeah. That had he had a team, he probably would have had a much better version of the deck and probably would have won the thing. See, and it's interesting because um, Pat Sullivan and Cedric feel actually opposite to that. Oh, really? Yeah. Interesting. Yeah, because like all the Twitter talk and everything like that were just saying like he's got like the worst version of the deck. And I know it's more controlling, which definitely plays into his style. But, like, that would have been, like, a very interesting thing to see is, like, you know, what was described of his testing was, I'm going to lock in on this deck, make a couple little tweaks to it, and then I'm just going to draft like a madman for a week on Magic Online. And obviously the draft paid off for him. Yeah. But, like, what if he had that opportunity to do some more testing? Like, maybe that would have been, you know, maybe that would have been that little bit more he needed. Could be. And not Sullivan, you know, just, or, sorry, Lax, uh, just going nuts with frickin' Siege Rhino. So, uh, what's really exciting about that for me is that uh, he also played uh, the good old Ajani called yeah. Mentor of Heroes, which is uh, pretty exciting for me. That, that made Devotion me really to happy. Cats. Devotion to Cats. Uh, I, was, uh, I was pretty happy. Pretty happy to see uh, that in some of his lists. And, yeah, I felt like it was a very, very good card. Uh, specifically for uh, to go bigger in the mirror. Like anytime that you're able to throw one one counters on, you know, mana guys early if you're able to drop them early, or more importantly, on a trampler like a siege rhino, seems like it could be really really powerful. So yeah, I was uh, I was pretty pleased to see that the deck looks really really good. I'm I'm pretty happy with it. So and obviously Ari is too because he won. <laughs> but 
yeah, so so what did you think of, uh, were there any decks that sort of like stood out to you guys, like that looked really interesting or exciting? I know that obviously Abzan was really high and the blue-black control deck was interesting. Uh, anything that really stood out to you guys? I wanted that heroic deck to win. <laughs> I wanted that heroic deck in the top eight. Is there a reason for that? Is there a reason for that? Yeah. The deck is ridiculous. It looked hilarious. It was like, I'm going to the Pro Tour, and all I've got with me is this lousy draft deck. <laughs> okay. What was the deck? Like, I, I don't think I caught it. It was... Um, oh my goodness, let me see if I can find the list for you. It was like literally like just heroic. Like, Was it red... close to making the top eight? Uh, I know that he was playing in the last round on the feature table. Okay. So I think he probably top 16 with it. Uh, for me, my, my favorite deck um, was obviously Jeskai, and also made for some very uh, interesting matches, just uh, reminiscent of, for me, uh, when Hayne won Miracles, just like, or when Craig Jones had to hit Lightning Helix off the top to, to win his game. It's just like, they're, like Sean, if he had hit a burn spell on his last turn, he brings that to game five, and, and who knows what would have happened. So it, was, it made for some very exciting magic when I watched uh, either him or, or Yuya play, because they both were on uh, Jeskai Wins. I mm-hmm. uh, was a little bit bored of the one boring moment for me in the top eight was definitely the Abzan versus Abzan, the, the Siege Rhino mirror match. That was a little bit boring for me in the top eight. Yeah. But Jeskai, blue-black control, though it did bad in terms of its record in the feature match area, uh, just because Jeskai and and Blue Black played Dig Through Time, and uh, just watching that go to work, and it just felt so unfair. Uh, once you get ahead of cards, and then you dig for two more cards that are probably going to be relevant, and to see um, it was tight seeing those two decks, uh, Owen versus uh, Yuya. That was that was some tight stuff. Uh, Owen had just beat Sigris in the round before to give him a shot to to make the top eight, but then finds out that he has, he's paired down against Yuya, faces him, but loses. And it was interesting to see that deck playing the um, uncounterable big guy that I'm, the name escapes me uh, in the blue-black control deck. Pro-like oh. agent. Yeah, yeah. It just seemed like so much mana, but, you know, you, you sort of need it. it. It just finishes games because of its, like, in the late game, if they try to remove it. It's got that, like, Etherling-type resilience. Sure. So that was interesting to see, but it was uh, heading against Yuya. It was just too dirty to um, to be able to fend off against, like, the Mantis Riders and all the burn that Yuya had uh, in that match. So I'm okay. excited to play Jeskai. So it was Red White Heroic. Okay. Four Hakron Crusaders, uh, four Favorite Hoplite, four Vanguard of Brimaz, three Flanix Leader, four Defiant Strike, four Dragon Mantle, four Raise the Alarm, four Launch the Fleet, one of Johnny's Presence, three Gods Willing, four Obelisks of Erd, and uh, that looks like 21 lands. Wow. Yeah. I, yeah, I remember seeing that on covers because I was shocked. Yeah, to see one of your like your 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 card in there. Yeah, Vanguard of Brimaz, which seemed like it was never going to see the light of the, in 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 the constructed world. But when I saw, it, I'm like, whoa! Not only is it like Death Dealers coming out party, it's this guy's. 
Uh, so very happy to see that card uh, have some amount of constructed success. But Def Dealer, like Def Dealer, just watching it and having all uh, Sigris talk about how you know it's one of the most important cards in that deck because it 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 along with Fleece Spain Lion makes it so that its two drops are great early and great in late game. And uh, I didn't. Say, it never really survived in, in, in the games I watched, where uh, I think I watched it against when he faced Owen, and then I watched Sigrid's face Shine. I mean, it, it basically died on the spot, or, or Sigrid just got burned to death before, before he can actually make use of it, or yeah. have, like, regen mana up or anything. Um, so the, the, you, you watched that game, right? Sigrid's against Shine? Yeah. Yeah, and... and uh, like, the comments were like, if Sigris had played Siege Rhino first instead of um, Soren, he, he may have just have yeah, won that if, game. Yeah, absolutely. Like, that and, really feels like a fair statement. And the only reason that, like, LSV was common, the only reason he would do that is if he's playing around this, a top deck Disdainful Stroke because he had just, been th- he had just thought he's Sean, so it had to have been off the top. For for like the Soren to be the safer and better line, um, but if the, the Rhino there to stop the and, and then and then the other questionable play that people had reading like the chat and everything was uh, thought seizing stoke the flames instead of the second rabble master, which uh, both rabble masters ended up like taking over the game and, and uh, Sigrist. I didn't feel like there was a sequence of cards that he could have outside of like a top deck bow blade for the rabble masters for him to beat Sean there. Um, so that like the whole the, the whole top eight was awesome. Like I I really enjoyed watching it, and uh, like seeing like Ari Ari versus Sean was also really hilarious. Just the yeah. table talk. Oh yeah. <laughs> Which Ajani is the best? Rank the Ajani's. Like <laughs> yeah, yeah. Ari's uh, Ari's a good dude. I mean, like when we had him on the show, he was he was you know demonstrated his clear analytics for the game. You know, like he you read his articles and you know, there's some of the most intelligent articles that are available on the, Oh yeah. Uh, he's, he's the best writer for modern, I think. Yeah. And, and I mean like even his limited analyses are very, very good. Like anytime that he kind of takes the time to go and evaluate a format, like I will always read his article just before a pre-release and his, his card evaluations and the way that he approaches uh, evaluating set is fantastic. So um, yeah, it was, I, I was really, really happy to see Ari win. Uh, and he very clearly wanted it like more than anyone else. I felt like, I mean, there's the whole emotion gate thing when you, you know, you fist pump when you draw the right card and so on and so forth. And, and I really just, there's some people that are just like, Oh, wow, that is absolutely unsportsmanlike and you should be stoic and you should this and blah, blah, blah. I'm like, I don't know about you, but if I were like this single card away from $40,000, I'm pretty sure that I would pump a fist like that would happen i don't know yeah that was that's some of the stuff that's been bothersome is that you know like you got a lot of people who are just saying that it's such bad sport and stuff like that and i just i really don't think it is like i think it can be played in the sense of like how does he treat his opponents and stuff like that and a lot of his opponents say that he treats them fine. You know, uh the judges at the table said, you know, despite all this type of stuff that you guys are seeing, it's very like he's very very jovial at the table he's very very good with the opponent like they have great dialogue he's a talker 
Yeah. And like some of the stuff that's been said in like Twitter and stuff like that is way worse than when he like giving yourself a high five for top decking something like I, I just I, I don't understand. Like there's nothing wrong with being emotional at the table. Don't be rude. Don't be insulting. Don't be anything like that. But you top deck. Yeah, you might as well give yourself a high five. Jeremy, what about throwing cards at people's faces? Did anyone throw a card in a person's face? Apparently. <laughs> See, that's the thing, is that it's very easy to say that cards were thrown on a table and then cards were, t- like, dropped onto a table, or cards were thrown in people's faces. <laughs> it's very, very easy to say that stuff. Yeah, yeah. You know, like, you say a person's being emotional, and it's like, oh, well, mean is an emotion. It's like, was a person mean? Is, is Like, are we are we warping this? Do we need to make a story to justify why we want to be angry at this person. So that, that's just kind of the case there is that it's the pro tour. The most experienced judges from all across the land are there and they deal with people. And Ari made it there with lots of eyes on them, lots of coverage, lots of judges watching and they didn't do anything about them. Yeah. So that leads you to one thing. Now, there apparently was a card-tossing incident that someone came out of a game, but lost a game for. Um, I thought they handled themselves very good out of it. So, that's cool. Yep. Uh, I I was actually um, pretty impressed with this deck. I I think it was was the right deck to, especially for that top eight, based on looking at sort of what was there. And, I mean, like, he did get very fortunate to draw the Siege Rhino in that moment. Or play the Siege Rhino in that moment, but yeah. you know what? I mean, it's magic, right? Yeah. So, good for him. I still wanted Sean to top deck a dig through time. <laughs> that would have been so sick. Yeah. I mean, like, I would have loved a game five, too. That would have been, like, really, really cool. Ari was like, is it dig? Is it dig? <laughs> Sean's like, no. Play Mantis Rider. Yeah, go. Yeah. I do like the little slow roll there, though. Oh, the slow roll was epic. Yeah. Yeah. It made for really good TV. And that's ultimately what, like, and and, uh, if I had to give any sort of, like, feedback about the finals match, it was some excellent fucking television. Yeah. Right? Like, the two people, they great characters, both Sean and Ari. They were clearly happy to be there. They were enjoying themselves. And they were both playing very good magic. So. And, like, that's the thing is, like, we got this amazing match of magic because these guys were willing to talk to each other, because they were willing to show emotion. And, like, that creates a dialogue in itself. Like, that creates a feeling for the game. But we still want to shit on them for doing it? Yeah. Like, unbelievable. Yeah, it was, uh, it was a really, really good experience. I felt like the uh, coverage team and everybody did a really good job, and everybody played well, and it was good. It was really good. Uh, so you guys have been playing a pile of magic this week, as I understand. Yeah, yeah, I, I've been playing a pile because I, I want to get used to the cards uh, before my PT, and it's going to be at least like Cons of Tarkir is going to have a significant amount of cards, even though I'm going to get an extra pa- new pack and new set. So learning the power levels of certain cards as much as I can now in this uh, what. I feel is still, uh, to me, a complicated format, and I'll see how I feel in a month or so, just like I did with M15. Yep. And uh, it was fun drafting with you, and uh, I've, I've gone on to draft uh, 
more since a lot more since and uh you mentioned ari's article and i read through it and one of the things that he he mentioned uh in his recent uh article on on the pro tour was how he um and he, it's the approach that i've started to take uh, and it's made for some really fun drafting and then and his advice is basically to go five color uh to draft the lands like he he values the lands more than most cards like even like the tri lands yeah. he values higher than than most anything i think that's that's how he put it and so i was able to draft something like that recently and was able to impact two or three slam a bunch of those uh, multicolored cards that were really powerful um i was able to get the in my last five color draft was able to get the boros seven two um oh, okay the zergo helms smasher yeah, yeah. So, like, that guy is, like, unless they have removal, he's just like, okay, you got to have an answer or you're going to die to this in a few turns. So, um, the reason behind the five-color strategies, because not only are the lands giving you a bunch of life, but you can play those O5s that really shut down the ground. Like, even the, the O5 morph that blocks flyers. I mean, that card is really hard for an, even an aggressive deck to get past. Like, you can have, like, a bunch of 4-4s, four and I can have like the green O5 wall uh, that is able to uh, ping for a life, and then I have the O5 flying wall. Then have like all these things to slow things down. Then I play my super powerful cards, like whether it be Dead Drop, whether it be uh, the Helm's Master, and you know, I just felt like once we got to the mid game point, my cards they were just so much more powerful than my opponents that it was very hard for me to lose and. Uh, the ma- and the mana felt great. I think I had, in this one, I had, like, at least eight, eight tap lands that made multiple colors. But it felt really good. It felt really smooth. And just getting an early solid blocker, even, like, like there's the 07 that I like in white that, that taps something, too. That just blocks even the 5-5s. Five so that's, that's how I've been drafting. I know Jer has been crushing it with Warriors. Yeah, I just, I, I have that deck in my brain. Like, I, I understand how to draft it. I understand what cards I need. And it's just like a checklist in my head. I just open up the pack, and I know what I'm looking for. <laughs> and I do very, very well with it. Like, if I get a Raider Spoils, like, if I see a Raider Spoils, I 3-0. That, that's just as simple as it gets. <laughs> so they're actually going super late. Like, and, like, way later the than they should blows be. my mind. Like, I will first yeah. pick that card, pack one, pick one, that card, pretty much over anything. Yeah. Like, the only thing I probably wouldn't take that over is, like, Soren or Sarkin, because I would just money draft. <laughs> sure, sure. But, honestly, like, I've gone to the point with the Warriors deck, where it's like, I take a couple picks, build my base from that, and I have been rare drafting, because... <laughs> I am able to pick up the commons and uncommons that make the deck good. So I throw away a couple picks just to rare draft, and I'm still 3-0-ing my 8-4s. Wow. Yeah. Like, it's just such a simple deck to, like, put together. It's amazing how simple the deck is to put together. And it's getting easier to put together. Like, I think everyone's all hung up on this five-color thing. I agree completely. And, and like, you can just run deck. right under them so quickly. Oh, my goodness. Yeah, like, I'm sitting there, and I'm just bashing with everything. Like, the 2-1 that makes a guy discard. Card is so good. Yeah. The fact that, like, every time I draft, I get, like, two or three of the 2-3 guy oh. that puts a 1-1 token into play. 
Huh. Yeah, yeah. That card's ridiculous. <laughs> so, so we drafted. Uh, KYT and I drafted on the weekend. You were or on Monday rather, and you were watching. We yeah. fucking had a pile of them. And yeah, we ended up in that deck. And we had like at one point, we were on the verge of three Raider spoils in one of our. Yeah, decks. I like, saw that. That was outrageous. It's ridiculous. And then, like in hindsight, we should have just played two of them. Like we only played one because we we're like, yeah. well, how often do we want? more of these and the yeah. answer is all the fucking time yeah, the card is so good and like even in that deck there i think you guys ended up going white black green whereas like one of the rules i try to follow is like never go to a third color well i mean we had some unbelievable like we had siege rhino for the splash the cards retarded yeah absolutely that card would be in my sideboard Ugh. like the only time i ever bring in a third color is i bring in red to go with pony uh, brigades Okay, so what just because, what made you gravitate to start drafting this over any other strategy? Honestly, it was uh, the article that Scotty was talking about. Tom Ross. Yeah, my I read man. the boss, and I understood the boss. Like, I just, I opened it up, and it's like, this is the easiest thing I've ever read. <laughs> so I remember I did my very first draft with it, and honestly, like, I just, like, I didn't even try to figure it out myself i just had his article open on one side and the draft on the other side and i looked at the picks i'm like okay i think these are the cards i'm supposed to look at and i looked down it's like oh this one got a four this one got a 3.5 take the four yep and that's all i did for the first draft and i played with it and i was like oh okay i got this okay yeah like I, i'm understanding so going through it again like bang 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 and then it's like you know you're getting down to it, it's like oh what do i want for my 23rd card like maybe i'll look at the article and like after the second draft it was like i didn't even have to look at it and i was just like click click and Making like passes where it's just, do I want this card? Nope, don't want this card. Like the the highest draft card I have on Magic Online right now is the the five mana five three guy, the black uh, warrior. No, the Krumar Bondkin. The Bondkin. Are you serious? He is my highest drafted card in cons. How how high does the boss have him at? He's not very high. No, he's but, not. But that's the thing is that. He does something for that deck that the deck needs. Having the five power means that he's like, he's not a good card, but he's the battering ram that knocks down that big defender that you can't get through. Okay. Flips over because I'm always attacking him. He's always a 6-3 for me because I've either got like the blade guy or I've got the, uh, I've got the, I've got the blade guy. I've got the 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 edge guy. Raider spoils. Huh? Chief of the Edge or whatever? The yeah, plus Chief plus of the Edge. Yeah, 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 yeah. Chief of the Edge. I got him. I've got Raider's Spoils. I've got uh, Rush of Battle. Like, I've got one of those things, and he just knocks the door down. And then yeah. all my other guys do the work. Yeah, I've seen it be significant against uh, us in the draft that, uh, or sealed, where we did, where we didn't want to, we were in a position where we didn't want to block the morph because he had yeah. five mana open and we had to take five. And that, that really affected uh, the game. That five life was like a huge uh, tempo swing. And yeah. uh, so I can see but, it being big. But like, that's the thing half the games I play with him. Like I just attack with him as a morph. And yeah. it's just like understanding that you want about an equal mix of him and the one uh, five flyer. Um, you want as many horde chiefs as you can get. Skull hunters are really, really good. Yeah. Hate blades. You want to get a couple hate blades. I like the hate blades. Now, uh, do you like the ancestor in that deck? The ancestor, the zero four. Yeah, yeah. I want usually two in a deck. Okay. I want to get about two of him. I want to get about two of the three three that can get first strike. Um, I want to get at least one scavenger, like one of the bird. Yeah. 
Um, I want one Smite the Monster. I want one of the uh, Right of the Serpent, the six-mana removal spell. Is that good? Uh, as one. You can only play one. But is it good, or is it okay and you play it if you have to? Um, I will always play one. Really? Yeah. Uh, Jared, to go Just... back a bit, um, why do you want a mix of the Bonkin and the 1-5 and the Flyer? Uh, like, because the one five, the one five, yeah, the one five flyer is uh, the one five flyer is like the one of the best cards in the deck. Like if you're at a board stall, one of the things that's very tough is that all of the other decks, aside from like the Jeskai deck, are all bigger than you. So what you have to do is you have to go wide on them, right? So like the card that puts three warriors into play, I really like that. Um, like I said, I'll splash red just to get like the ponyback brigades because I want to go, I want to get wide on them. Right, I'm gonna right, try right. Jam and damage there because. I'm usually able to kind of get like eight to ten points of damage in on them while they're still trying to develop their game. Like they're putting down morphs and they haven't presented enough mana to make me afraid of that morph. But as soon as they have five mana with that morph, all of a sudden my 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 aggressiveness has the taper. Because I can't afford to be throwing away cards. This is, you know, talking about like those aggro decks and stuff like that and how you play against bigger decks is you just have to recognize that you're two one is valuable to you. You're going to find an opportunity where your opponent's going to misstep or you're going to get some tool that that 2-1 is going to do three, four, five points of damage. And mm -hmm. that's right. what you need to hold on to him for. So you sit there and you go and you beat, beat, beat. And you, at one point you have to make a decision of like, am I going to throw away guys to keep the pressure up because you feel like maybe you've got them too far on the back foot and you just have to push through. But right. a lot of times it's just like, okay, take the foot off the gas. So you're in that spot. You get your Raider spoils out. Still, three power isn't enough because you'll attack with everything. You'll trade with most of uh, his smaller stuff and some of his medium-sized stuff, but he'll have a couple big guys left. You'll have a couple guys that maybe you got a couple points of damage in, but you don't have the ability to win that fight anymore. Like, his guys are just superior quality to you. Right. So that's where the flyer, the 1-5 flyer, comes in as, like, the nut card because okay. he just flies over and draws you extra cards each turn. He turns into a howling mine that shocks. Okay. Like, he's, he's, he's Karanos. <laughs> and like that's what his job is so that's what I really really like about him now the 5-3 on the other side of it is the 5-3 the 5-3 is not meant to do damage to the opponent if he does damage to the opponent you're winning that game you've won that game like he's just you know getting the job done at that point there again okay. the 5-3 is just like this is the guy who's going to knock down the 0-5 walls this is the guy who's going to knock down your 5-5 trample dude this is the guy who's going to knock through your 2-5 Sultai guy. Like, he just knocks down the door. And then all of your other guys get in there. And that's where you go wide and you do, like, a rush of battle. And it's just like, oh, oops, I won. Sorry. Um, the hardest card to get in the deck, which is probably the best card in the deck, is actually Seeker of the Way. Yeah, I hate um, that guy. Seeker of the Way is so good. If I get two yeah. Seeker of the Ways in the draft... Is he a warrior? He's a warrior. Oh, God. Yeah, so if I get two Seeker of the Way in the deck, I actually transform what my deck looks like, um, and I will play up to three copies of the enchantment that gives Regenerate and plus two plus oh. Uh, oh. What is that card called? Is that the, the, the snake something or other? Yeah, the yeah, yeah. Molding Snake Skin. Molding, molding Skin or something? Yeah. <laughs> oh, my goodness. Seriously, that card is just unfair. Like, they really? go turn three, drop a morph, and you attack for five with your five-three lifelink guy. And then it's like, next turn, you can do, like, a removal spell and attack in for five more. Like, 
snakeskin on top of that guy there is just ridiculous. Well. Not to mention, you probably have a hate blade or something stupid going on. Um, you're obviously, like, valuing, um, all, like, all draft the uh, minus two, minus two enchantment over top of, like, warriors and stuff like that. Um, because that is your, your premium removal, like, that's a card you want to get multiples of. A murderous cut you want multiples of. Chances are you'll get one if you're lucky. Um, but, like, if I have, like, the opportunity to take, like, a, a Mardu charm or something like that, I just pass on it. Like, to put it in perspective, I have drafted two Mardu charms. And I just play nonstop black-white tokens. Or wow. black warriors. Because the card is just... It's not what I want to be doing. It's way too slow for the game I want to play. Yeah, you don't... Like, the one-ones... Like, the two-one-ones or, like, the four damage to a creature yeah. is probably not what you want, like, much later in the game. Yeah, like... If I'm bringing in, like, if I'm going to be drafting the red side of it, if I am going, like, that wide and stuff like that, because I feel like I've gotten a couple rushes and I've already got, like, the put three tokens into play and maybe I've lucked out and drawn a Soren or drafted a Soren or something like that, uh, that's where the red starts to peer up to me. And, like, honestly, I'm bringing in red pretty much just for the Ponyback Brigades, guys. And in that case there, like, I might play two of the dual lands maybe three of the dual lands um but that's that's it like i will play one black white land if i'm playing black white like i don't want any more than that hmm. i don't want my lands coming into play tact like i want to be hitting early and hitting hard interesting yeah um secrets decent as a one of just because it messes up their late game Sure. Um, if you're light on creatures like the Mardu 5-4 that a guy can't block, that card's pretty decent. Uh, I don't like Pet. I don't like Shambling Dude. I don't like Swarm of Bloodflies. Um, I'll usually play one Throttle. Yeah, Throttle it seems like it's reasonable removal. I mean, it's going to do sort of what it needs to. It's going to kill the creature that it needs to kill. and Yeah. You know, I mean, like it's an instant. Yeah. But, but yeah, if you want to, to build that through. deck, um, the Chiefs, the Raiders spoil, like, if you can get those cards, like, you're in a very, very good spot. Um, your 2-3 guy who puts a token in is probably your next highest pick. The 2-1 discard a card is probably your next highest pick. Then you're bouncing between Hate Blades and the Disown Ancestors. Um, if you can get your hands on, like, the Bellowing, Bellowing Saddle Dude, like, the 4-5 for yourself if you don't attack. That guy's really good. Um, I actually am not super high on the 3-2 bring back a 2-drop or less. Unless no. you can really, really get yourself down there. But a lot of the times you're going to be making up your warriors between like the Sage-Eyed Harriers and like the 5-3 uh, the dude. Yeah. And then the non-warrior like warrior guys that are good is like the 2-1 first striker guy and then the guy who gives all the guys with plus 1, plus 1 counters on him, uh, Lightflink. Those are like kind of like your two the the battle priest and the bondkin are yeah you're like two best kind of small dudes like that alabaster Kieran's a good fit but it's really just like a a plug so mm. yeah I really really like that deck it's very very good so no one's forcing this but you in the eight fours. It seems like it. I, I usually play against one in, like, the A4. I usually play against a guy who won't be playing black-white. He'll be playing Abzan, or he'll be playing uh, Mardu. 
Okay. And I'm just playing black white. And I just serial crush them. Yeah. So okay, um, in the in a pack, are you picking a chief first in the same pack? If you see a chief and a raider spoils, which one are you picking first? Uh Chief of the Edge over Raider Spoils over Chief of the Scale. Okay. So plus one plus one or plus one plus O, then plus one plus O draw a card, then plus O plus one. Yeah, and the only reason for that is the Raider Spoils have been wheeling more. So yeah, if you a pass lot. a person to Chief of the Edge, you are giving them permission to move into Black White Warriors. Yeah, I agree. So it's really just kind of saying like, this is mine. I want this. <laughs> <laughs> and not letting them have it. Yeah, no, that's fair. Yeah, I've been uh, I've been really impressed with the limited format, actually. You know, and and not not being too terrible at it. So, so that's a thing. Like, I mean, we're basically like, unless magic happens, um, I find myself basically, yeah, like, you know, three one in standard, you know, in like Swiss stuff, or you know, like two one in drafts. Like, I haven't won any yet, but. I haven't played that many either, so it's uh, but it's been really good. I, I've been really enjoying it, and I often find myself, like you said, in the Black White Warriors. That's that's where I, I tend to just naturally gravitate. With everybody sort of like running the five color, like you said, being aggressive is where you want to be. Oh, yeah. having consistent mana and like consistent plays throughout your turns and 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 a healthy curve is going to win you more games than anything else. Oh, and the best sideboard card, the best not card that you would think of being the best sideboard card uh, to beat like the other Black Whites and the Jeskai decks and stuff like that is the Crossbow. Really? Oh my god. Tell me. If I can get it, like, I I won't draft it high, but if I can get it, like, in picks, like, seven or eight, I want to have one. And that card just rips them to pieces. Really? Because there's so many one-targeted guys that you have to deal with. Can you name some examples off the top of your head? The what? Like the to kill, like annoying shit that you like to kill. Uh, it kills a lot of like the the, the early Abzan drops. Um, it kills. Uh, oh yeah, the, like, three one guy. It kills some of the flyers. It kills like wetland sandbars. It kills um, the manador. Who's three one guy? The three one red guy. The Ifrit. Oh yeah, the that annoying fucker. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it kills leaping masters. Um, <laughs> scouts. Uh, it gets re- like it just it yeah Highland game guys like these are cards that are really really good against your deck, and it just deals with them. And then like in any sort of mirror situation, it just kills off those guys. Also, it kills off uh like the 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 white guy that gets uh that gets a uh, death touch and stuff like that. So I just I really like having that card. Also, it makes it way better in some cases to be attacking into morphs. Because you get that one extra point of damage on them. Interesting. Very. So yeah, it just it 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 can do some really really scary stuff. Like I was playing a match, and the scariest game that I had to play was when my opponent casted it, and I was like, "Oh shit!" I thought I was the only one who knew about this. Wow. Because like that card was just ripping me to pieces. Whenever equipped creature attacks, just one damage target creature defending player controls. Yeah, maybe. Yeah, that's that's all there is to it. Hmm. Heart piercer bow. Heart piercer bow. That's the name of that thing. Yeah, there we go. Interesting. And it's it's super cheap, very easy to equip. Yep, one. Yeah, yeah two to cast, one to equip. Huh. 
Very interesting. Yeah. Uh, kills like the, the Misfire Weaver. Hmm. I'm going to re- be reconsidering that card. Yeah. In my sideboards. That's very interesting. Yeah, like if you're playing against Black White, like, and you bring that card in, like, you've just made their life very difficult. Yeah. Huh. Thanks, Jer. No problem. Yeah, I, I actually, yeah, same here. I've, I've played with it, and I I thought it was going to be better than I, I was, was hoping, but I just, I wasn't bringing it in against the right decks, or I just had it in the main deck at the very beginning, and it was just awful. <laughs> but uh, I can see its applications now. Um, yeah. Gets the deck uh, you face, and it's, I assume it's reasonable against another funky deck that I've been playing, um, outside of the five-color stuff uh, the reason this is so this set is probably really interesting from the other ones is all these different type of strategies and, and there's one that i faced twice now i think i think we faced that deck too scott on the stream and then i've in my last draft i've tried to to play it is the goblin slide deck oh god that oh. fucking deck that fucking deck let me tell you about the goblin slide deck so it's a jeskai deck in premise okay and the concept behind this deck is it's just going to play Goblin Slide and these stupid prowess creatures and then um, like one or two prowess creatures and then a million non-creature spells that serve as removal or pump. So like Feet of Resistance is a big one that gets played heavily uh, or just like generic burn spells or removal. And it's fucking stupid. Like attack you, prowess my guy, make another guy. That blocks, you know, or like remove your guy, make a guy swing because they have haste. Like it's just, it's ugh, it's obnoxious. It's obnoxious. It is like the it's it's a very good control like tempo control deck option that yeah. exists within the archetypes, and it it is very very powerful. It's fragile because erase is a thing, but still, uh, erase isn't even that much of a thing. Well, I mean, it's in the format as well. Yeah, of course, but, like, is it going to get played? Like, do people even draft it? Uh, I brought in two of them against that idiot because I could not beat Dragon uh, Goblin Slide. You didn't have a crossbow. <laughs> I didn't have a crossbow. Always bring a bow. Always <laughs> bring the bow. Yeah, it's like that dude from Walking Dead. He's always got his crossbow. Norman Reedus is the actor? Probably. No, it is. Okay. It was, not a, it was not a question. Okay. <laughs> Still, he's got a crossbow. He does. Did you know that he was also on the Boondock Saints? Yes. He is one of the brothers. Yes. I'm excited. It's a hell of a movie series. Anyways. Take your fucking rope. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> you fucking rope! <laughs> <laughs> That's good. Is that right there, Rambo? <laughs> <laughs> Oh, I could have watched that this weekend now. Shit. It's on Netflix, right? Yeah. You don't think this deck's real, Jer? What, Goblin Side? Yeah. No, it is. It is. Okay, okay. Yeah. I had a really I, I like to play the Quiet Complimentator. Uh, quiet Complimentator. Wait, wait. Complimentation. Quiet Contemplation. Ah. I like to play that. The Goblin Slide deck is very, very similar. What, is quiet, what does Quiet Contemplation do? Whenever you cast a non-creature spell, yeah, you may pay, pay one. If you do, tap a creature an opponent controls, and it doesn't untap on their next untap. Oh, God, that's terrible. Yeah, so you almost play, like, Mono Blue, and you splash red. 
and you yeah. just put down a creature, that's good. Yeah. That 3-2 that can't be blocked is pretty handy. Yeah. And then you just tap things. Mystic of the Hidden Way or something like that? Yeah. Well, it's like <laughs> Sealed Bell Strikes, uh, the Bounce Spell, the three-mana cycle to tap a dude down. God. Yeah, and you just sit and hide behind like a creature or two, and you just beat the crap out of him. You play Delver. That's ugly. I'm going to put one creature on the board, and I'm just going to disrupt you for the next six turns. It's real ugly. Oh, yeah. My it's not real magic. was a mix of that. I had two Goblin Slides, one Quiet Contemplation, and, like, cre- like spells that made dudes, like the Made Three Soldiers ones. Yeah. I also had Master of Pearls, which, oh, okay, yeah. won me the game, because that's what you need. A Trumpet Blast. Uh, yeah, Trumpet Blast was so good. It was pretty sweet, but I, I, it, I lost the finals because I sort of misjudged the game plan that I was supposed to have, like, sometimes you just need to, against decks that can be pretty aggro, you just want to, like, the game plan's actually, like, you just want to stall the board and then, like, make tokens, um, safely make tokens to the point where you can just, like, alpha strike them, almost. And I was just too busy dirling, like, getting these, like, I was playing turn three slide. Turn four, I played my Second slide, which was stupid because like, it was going to be, uh, I was going to lose a lot of tempo. It was if I was ever like casting a spell and making two tokens on that turn. So it, it ended up costing me uh, game three, I believe, in, in the finals. And uh, yeah, so so sometimes I can't. I just got too cute. I put like double goblin slide and the quiet contemplation as like my third play, and you know I couldn't get anything going because I was dying. <laughs> Yeah. So I learned to be more careful about you know the recognizing the the tempo the current tempo of the game. Um, but I really like I'm excited about this format. I, I want to draft uh, hopefully draft the black white warriors deck soon. I'll give it a try. Nice. Yeah, it's um format's a lot of fun, and it does definitely exper- reward experience. So you know like you would have never if you're just like new to the format you would never have known. That like Goblin Slide is a you know an archetypal build anchor you know, um, and like the cards of that nature. So yeah, that's uh hopefully you guys that are out there, you're drafting, you can try out uh, that archetype also, the Goblin Slide deck, and let us know what you think. And uh, otherwise, Black White Warriors all day, Black White Warriors. Oh my goodness. Raider spoils is is a thing. I played Grohl last night to a, a draw, like a, a split in the top, like at the, in the finals of the eight four. Yeah, yeah. And that's like the thing of just you know I played enough black white that I was able to say, what am I most afraid of? And like that deck was really easy to make. It's just all I did was punch bears. Yeah. Drafted four punch bear and <laughs> uh, one of like the kick, and yeah. and I just cast morphs, flipped them up, and punched bears. All, for you all night <laughs> all night long well i played uh we played some team jess guy all week and uh on the stream oh yeah so we, yeah we tried to play some modern on uh on monday but we got eliminated very early by uh, oh, yeah. treasure cruise well so first we got eliminated very early by restore balance oh okay yeah in a single elimination tournament we drew our first round opponent being uh restore balance I don't know if you're aware of this, but we can never beat that deck. 
Yeah, probably not. Restore no. balance is good. That's why I've been foiling out one. Yeah. yeah that's what I do with the credit is I you buy spells that. for restore balance. Yeah. So so that that's gross. And um and then the second one was uh we played against Delver, blue red Delver. And it oh, was sweet. just like Delver with Pyromancer and well, no there was no Snapcaster Mage because they were playing a full book of Treasure Cruise. So I don't know if you're aware how good these Del spells are in modern. Yeah, they're ridiculous. They're, I have, I have a, a dredge deck with them. They're pretty fucking busted. So we had a really difficult time sort of A, double queuing, and then B, sort of grinding out a deck that has access to four copies of Treasures. <laughs> Whoops. But uh, but it was, it was a good time. And then I played Jeskai again on Wednesday. Uh, I played with Curly this time, which is cool. And runner-up from, of course, GP Minneapolis. And uh, and we played Phil Sam's version. Yeah, his deck looked fun. Oh my god, it looked really, really good. Um, I what are the differences? Um, it was basically like your linear aggro tempo burn strategy, like in the first game. Uh, it did have Elspeth in it, sort of as the top trump. Uh, one Elspeth and one Karanos, as opposed to the Sarkins that are in some lists, or Dragons, or Phoenixes, or whatever. He's sort of like going that little bit longer and more reliable on his win conditions. And then post-board, it's like very clearly designed to turn into just like a straight control deck. Which is like though exactly where you want to be, I think. So... Yeah, it was. Uh, it was the deck was really, really good. We ended up going three one uh, because there was one match against Abzan where we were facing down two siege rhinos where we had only played two lands, and <laughs> and the second game we mulled to four on the play and didn't come back from that. So we lost that round, but we beat the rest of them. So that was pretty sweet. But the deck is like really, really, really powerful. That Jeskai deck feels very much like Team Geist does in Modern, but in Standard. And that's a very cleanly uh, interesting opportunity, as far as I'm concerned. Hmm. But yeah, it was, uh, it was very, very good. I was very impressed with it. Um, I, the one card, let me tell you, the one card I'm really not that impressed right, with right now is Goblin Rabble Master. Is this blasphemous? I don't think so. In the Jeskai decks in particular, I feel like there's a lot of burn that's being slung around. Everybody's kind of gunning at the th- at the, the two to three damage slot for Rabble Master. They know where it is on curve. They know they have to destroy it. It's not as resilient as Pack Rat was, so you know their efforts will likely resolve. But I don't know. I just know. I feel like I feel like you're better served playing cards like Brimaz. Mm-hmm. Over Rabble Master. It's just harder to kill. Smaller subset of cards that can actually deal with it profitably. Um, and then the other thing that uh, could be very, very interesting dun, 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 is Hushwing Griff, which was played at the Pro Tour. Yeah, I like that. And I feel like uh, with Abzan being a pretty popular deck strategy and being able to like stymie off Siege Rhinos or Wingmate Rocks, from triggering their abilities or being able to stop raid like that sort of stuff in out of the uh the other decks i think that it could be very 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 well positioned right now to you know pull up ahead a little and make 
you know, make some extra money for the location. So it's going to be interesting to see how that all shapes up. Mm -hmm. But yeah, I, I think that there's like, there's probably close to about 30 ways to build Jeskai right now that are actually out there and probably only three of them that are close to correct. But uh, but Phil's got a list that's really really tight, and uh, it'll be interesting to see how well it goes. I was I was pretty impressed with it, and having picked it up for the first time out of nowhere, that's that's something. <laughs> so, and like I said, we still three won the daily event, so there's nothing wrong with that. Pretty solid. Yeah. Yeah, I thought so. I'm most excited about the the mod, like the modern deck that we faced, like the blue red Delver. I think that might just be the best deck to play right now i was that impressed about like facing that and being like wow and it's just like with treasure cruise like now even against like something like um let's say i don't know how its matchup was against jun before but now it's like okay well i'll discard my spells it just adds to my delve count and yeah. i'll just refill and kill you so that deck like, if there was a modern deck this weekend, that's the deck I would play. Uh, Blue-Red Delver with four Treasure Crews. It's just... And, and it's got... It's, it's got to have a pretty decent Jeskai Ascendancy matchup, too. So, I'm... I would, I would run that for sure. <laughs> Unless, like, Jer has broken Dredge in Modern. <laughs> uh, I haven't had enough time to play with it yet. Because all I want to do is draft. Like I'm doing everything possible right not right now to not join another draft. Like I just want to draft right now. When we were talking about draft, I just like I had myself in the eight four page just ready to join the queue, but I had to stop myself because I still have to do some prep for tomorrow. Well, for Saturday. For oh the, yeah, you procrastinating so. bitch. <laughs> no, not procrastinating. I just don't multitask very well <laughs> because I. Keep joining drafts, <laughs> which is fantastic because I haven't had the opportunity to play Magic in a very long while. So it was great to actually get to play a lot of Magic. Um, but I should have been writing about Magic. So I got a little bit of work to do in the next two days. So yeah, no, no time to really bust up Dredge. I've been kind of working on a list. It's still super rough. Um, we'll see where it gets me. I've got three days at home without work once I get back from Yellowknife that I intend to sort and play Magic a great deal. And then it's off to California. Ooh. Yes. So I know that I'm probably going to be missing at least one episode upcoming here. Maybe more if that fucker Jay comes back. <laughs> uh, I mean, Jay might... By next year, next fall, Jay might be playing some more Magic-type stuff. Did you hear about the Magic board game, guys? Uh, Kind of. I saw that it's a thing, and it has pieces. Yeah. Yeah. I didn't read too much detail on it, but it's only supposed to come out in fall 2015, so I'm not going to read too deeply on it, but... Uh... I'm 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 excited. Definitely uh from the same people that, that have made Risk Legacy, I think. And uh I've played a bunch of the games that, that they've uh made in the past and I'm looking forward to seeing like moving planeswalkers around on a board and, and seeing how fun that is. Um excited about that. Yeah, I just I kinda wanna see what it is, like what type of game it is. Like 
is it Mage Knight, like the <laughs> board game, which was very good, right? Or is it its own kind of thing? Like I, I don't really know enough yet, but I love me my board games, so I'll probably buy it because <laughs> I'm a sucker. So, any tournaments coming up? I don't think I have any uh, any coming up immediately. No? No, I've been trying to figure out what actually is local. And, I mean, we've got game day coming up. And aside from that, I don't think we have anything in Toronto. Anything, like, really big anyway. Yeah. Uh, we've got the MDSS in Calgary, which happens on November 7th. Yeah. And that's a 2.5K. That's standard. So that could be pretty sweet. And then in December, you've got MDSS in uh, December 7th also, I think, actually. Uh, MDSS is, is in Quebec. So MDSS is, like, permeating everywhere, but I guess we blew our wad with the Toronto stop. <laughs> yeah. So I don't know when we're going to be back, but pretty excited. Plus, uh, we've also got, I guess, Pro Tour, or Pro Tour, GP Ottawa is coming up? Yeah. Yeah, I'm in an odd spot there. Ditto. I'm looking forward to that. I'm playing that for sure. You are, eh? Yeah. Is that, do you feel like that's like your best route to the Pro Tour now? A Grand Prix or? Yeah. Um, I don't know. Like versus the new PTQ system? Yeah, the pre-TQ system, yeah. Jer, back in the cage. <laughs> yeah. Get back <laughs> No multi-queuing. Um, no, it's not multi-queuing. I just... There's wonderful things you could say about them <laughs> at Wizards <laughs> and these regionals. Yeah. Oh, right, A lot of the right. shit we already predicted, so it's hard to be angry about it again because it's all the bullshit that we are talking about happening happened, so no surprises there. Yeah, I definitely read the... Uh... Angry, angry tweets by your fellow Jared Gushadi. <laughs> what well, the best part was is that he misread it, right, right, and then he apologized, and then when they cleared it up, it ended up being exactly what he thought it was. So I'm sure he was confused because he's like, "Oh, well, I've already insulted their family and everything. Um, I don't know if I really should go at it for a second round because I've already done it." But at the same time, like, why did they do this? I still never got any results from my first complaint. <laughs> hmm. the I'm like, that's the thing. As much as I can complain about it, like, I just, I feel terrible for Eastern Canada. Yeah. Not, like, central where you guys are, but, like, actual Eastern Canada. Like, Chris Lansdale? Yeah. Eastern yeah, Canada? sure. <laughs> Absolutely. Completely reasonable that they have to go to Montreal. <laughs> to play in the beach. Yeah, it's gonna... It's going to be interesting. Um, yeah. Like, ours is in Vancouver, because every event's in Vancouver, and they didn't feel like making Seattle have one, so, you know, let's put it in Vancouver, and that'll be good enough for the Seattle guys. God forbid that, you know, Manitoba, Saskatchewan, Alberta, we would want to play in it. Yeah. You know, our PTQs were only competing with the ones in New York fucking city. God forbid we'd want to do anything in Alberta. Oh, goodness. I told you to get back in the cage, didn't I? Fucking cage isn't soundproof. <laughs> <laughs> That's true. I'm sorry. Um, yeah. That's, re- that's really like the most likely path. I... GPs. 
close. What, it, it's, it's been super transparent. That's 100% how they want people to get there. Yeah. And yeah, it I makes so perfect sense. I agree. I agree. Because I, this I is think all the about chance, brand building and brand recognition. The chance, KYT, of you like top eighting a GP, I think is actually pretty good. Been, like, I mean, realistically, I've been one way, one win away twice. Yeah. So, I mean, like, maybe <laughs> they do coverage of their GPs, so they want their GP heroes to be at the pro tour. Yeah. That makes sense. Like that PTQ sense. winners at the pro tour, unless they have like an already built reputation, are nobodies. No, They're like the guys no. that the named wrestlers. Go and beat up on in the early rounds uh, of like old school wrestling matches. You know, yeah. it's like every time it was like Robin Blackwell versus The Undertaker. It was like, oh, maybe Blackwell's got a chance. No, he doesn't. <laughs> it's a little bit different in Magic because, you know, the actual PTQ people probably have a harder path than some of the GP people. Like, fuck, I got second at a GP. If I can do it, anyone can do it. So, <laughs> uh, yeah, it just. That's the way they have it set up. They want like their big name people to be there. They're doing coverage on the GP. They want to build heroes. They want people to follow heroes. Like that's just a old school plan that's been working for years. You know, like it's a page right out of the sports book. Hmm. And you can see that they're taking seats from for the Pro Tour. They're taking them away from PTQs and they're putting them into GPs. Well, it's just like always like looking around and. Seeing how many people are in a GP and like, I have to top eight this shit? Like, yeah. Yeah, but that's the thing is that the, because there's that many people at the GP, the density of good players is pretty low. Like, how many rounds can you play dodging a name? Dodging like a, like, there'll be good players, but like the upper tier, the top 1%, the top 2%. At like a 4,000 person tournament that they're probably going to have in New Jersey or whatever like that, that tournament hasn't happened yet. Right? That's, yeah, that's I, up here. That's November, early November, right? That's true. I haven't played a big name for like maybe years. Like the last sort of name I played was at GP Vancouver, which is in January, where I only played one. I played against Matt Sperling, who ended up top eighting. Uh, that event only to lose to, uh, I believe, John Stern in the top eight. But other yeah. than that, I've been dodging, like, you know, I never faced Shahar, I never faced, you know, Kibler, LSV, like, in all these GPs that I've played, I've played a really low percentage of pros. And I think my friends have played one here and there. Like, they mentioned, like, they ran into Saito or something, they run into, but uh, most of the time, you're right, you're not going to face someone that is really famous and known to be really good. Yeah, and, like, that's the thing, is the best guys in the room will always be at the top tables of PTQ. Like, that's just the nature of how the beast works. Mm-hmm. So, like, you have to fight through ringer-infested water, like, really early in a PTQ if you're doing well and really late in the PTQ. Yeah. Like, I could only imagine how hard the PTQ in Honolulu was the week before the Pro Tour. That may have been one of the hardest Magic tournaments ever because you had all the guys who had gotten there a week early who went out to play at the PTQ that would be a disgusting tournament I wouldn't want any part of that (laughs) and now the PTQs are a two day event it's even better yeah yeah so one thing that's interesting that I noticed 
for for me like Montreal has always been known uh, in Toronto to be like tough PTQ areas because you know of the of the players but once Hayne and Stern like qualified and, and couldn't play in some of them and some of the Ontario people couldn't play in them it actually felt much soft like it felt much softer than it was in previous years when th- those guys could play um oh yeah like yeah, going through the tournament then not having to play Hayne, not having to be because like he's probably going to be XO at least until like round five or something, and knowing that I don't have to play him or or John Stern is is uh, like for my my win. Um, I did lose to Dan Lantier, who has been um, who has been to multiple PTs, who has been a national champion, you know, etc. But other than him, it was like a bunch of people that had accomplishments like me, I guess. So I wasn't, uh, I didn't feel like I, I, I was like going to get destroyed by a ringer. In fact, maybe it, like by stats alone, I was the ringer or something like that's how, that's how it felt like um, with all these platinum pros not being able to play. Yeah. But all it's nice. Cause all the silvers get to like dodge the pre TQ altogether. Yeah. yeah. So that's kind of neat. Yeah, and one of the things to be happy for is the fact that they did not put um, a minimum on the size of the tournament, or a, like uh, for like how many seating and stuff like that. Because that was one of the things I was very afraid of was that you were going to have to have like a minimum of a hundred seats at the place, or a minimum of like sixty-four players or thirty-two players or something ridiculous like that. Yeah. You have eight people show up for a pre PTQ, then it is a single elimination tournament to see who wins it. Well. Yeah. Like it's just that easy. You still have to have the level two judge, but yikes. Uh so game day, you guys going? Game day. When is game day? Uh this weekend? I am not. Near my Jesus. I'm, I'm at a place. I'm at a thing. I'm at a... Well, you're at your conference this weekend. Yeah, I'm, I'm conning this weekend. All right. I'm on well, a plane you're... first thing tomorrow morning to go conning. You're forgiven. KYT, what's your excuse? I'm preparing to fly to Hong Kong on Sunday, so probably doing some last-minute packing on, uh, on Saturday. Flying out early on Sunday, and uh, I'll be gone for two weeks. But... Uh, Obviously, as a silent killer, I will not be missed on this show. <laughs> um, but I'm excited. Um, good food, seeing my grandma and uh, my uncle. Um, I don't know. Uh, thank God that they're staying far away from the crazy protests that are happening down there. So yeah, hoping to dodge that stuff. It's been getting pretty crazy and violent here. So, uh, and I don't think it's going to be dying down anytime soon. And uh, so we picked, we, we sort of didn't expect this to happen when we decided to pick uh, this date range to go, but yeah, gonna keep still going to fly there. Mm. Well, I have a wedding to go to, so I'm not going either. Fuck. Yeah. Although I would. And if I would, I think I might just play, uh, I might just play a team or monsters build, believe it or not. Might just happen. Okay. Yeah. I'm going to play some this week on my stream. I'm uh I'm fairly excited about that. I actually have 
so there's two lists that I'm running with. Um, one is, of course, by noted deck brewer Jeff Hoogland, of course. So he ended up winning his states, uh, Indiana states, with a 75. That plays uh, Stoke the Flames, Stubborn Denials, Teamer Charms, and Void Snare in the main deck. Void Snare. Void Snare. <laughs> Dat Void Snare. Dat Void Snare. There is a distinct, there is a, a real chance that I replace Stoke the Flames with Crater's Claws, but maybe just one teamer charm with it. I don't know. We'll see. But, uh, but yeah, so I'm going to play with that deck this on Monday. That's going to be sweet. And then the other one that I've got potentially on the, the docket is I have Pedro Carballo himself megaphone on Twitter from Brazil on my stream on Wednesday night. He, he went uh, seven, three at the pro tour with his uh, constructed deck. No, is that right? Yeah. Seven, three in constructed. They played five that rounds. That does right? add up to 10. Yeah. 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 So, so yeah, I, it's going to be neat. I'm, I'm interested to get his take and, and see his take is a little bit more aggressive playing boon Saders and air of the wilds. And as we saw in Sigris's list, of course, Air of the Wilds does work. So it'll be interesting. I'm uh, I'm pretty pleased. I Stubborn Denial is a brick shit house. That card is so good. It's so good. Uh, it's exactly what that deck wants to be doing. And so I'm. Um, that's gonna be neat. That's gonna be really neat. And also, this is like super exciting. It's like extra exciting news that I locked down today. What news is that? On Wednesday, October 29th. What's that? I will be streaming some Abzan with the Pro Tour champion Ari Lax himself. Ooh. Pretty smart, Ari right? Lax? Ari Lax. I've been trying to get this guy on my stream for months since I was focusing on Modern and I wanted to do Kiki uh, Pod with him. And finally... I got a hold of him after the Pro Tour, and he's going to come on and play some Abzan with us on stream on the 29th. So mark it in your calendars. It's going to be sick. If you don't have a calendar, go buy a calendar. Go buy one. Open up your phone. All of your phones have calendars, every single one, unless it has a rotary dial, and then you're fucked. It's going to be really exciting. So I just have to figure out what I'm going to play on the Monday. But, you know, there are many options. The options are good. Uh, you should play Jeskai combo. I'm not going to play Jeskai combo. Why not? No. I don't want to play Jeskai combo. I'm not interested in the deck at all. Doesn't It no. doesn't appeal to anything that I like about Magic. No? Not a single thing. So I literally just read this email. KYT. <laughs> literally just reread that email. Uh, so those of you... We have a message from Jay. He did send it in, and uh, he is. He phoned in, it in. He phoned it in. He <laughs> yeah, is no indeed, shit. He is indeed. He's afraid of you. Shut up. Uh, he, it is indeed. He is indeed working on mtglinkdump.com. It is something that he is going to try to make happen, and we are very close. I think uh, with him working with the people that he's working with to getting it off the ground. If you guys have anything you want to see, any features, anything that you want to see in mtglinkdump.com, then you guys can email mtglinkdump 
at gmail.com. And uh, Jay obviously owns that email address, and he will read all of your emails. And if you just want to send him pictures of dicks, I'm 100% okay with it. Just email pictures of dicks to that email address and see what happens. So I don't... Like, when I mentioned it, when we first talked about this on the show, when he, he thought about this site, this concept, isn't Reddit the same thing? Yep. Yeah. Like, what's the difference between Gorilla Mask <laughs> and, and Reddit? Uh, functional, um, like, front page. <laughs> yeah, not a lot. Yeah. Unless, like, you can't, unless it's not based on, like, some voting system. Um, which makes me curious how, like, what happened to, a long time ago, I heard about this site called Dig, and I think Dig was based on the same concept, and then, yeah. like, Reddit just crushed it somehow. Yep. I don't know how, but now Reddit is here to stay, and probably the one to beat for a very, very long time. <laughs> So hopefully there's some sort of unique ideas that you listeners can have that would push it over the top of, of Reddit, like some, something unique that, that would make it different. And I think it's possible. Something that's more designed around magic. But. Well, it's there. So it's coming. If you guys want in, you know what to do. Send your dick pics. Send damn dicks. Dick, 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 dick. I actually think I might actually just send a dick pic to that that address today. Yeah. Do that. <laughs> Who's dick? Not mine. Not Google, yours. Google is a wonderful repository for photos of said nature. Are you suggesting our <laughs> listeners should look for dicks online? I'm no. I'm suggesting that people should find dick pictures of their own accord and send them to MTG. We should dump. find the 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 picture that Kevy linked. Oh, the dick with the spider. <laughs> that, was really that was just frightening. <laughs> I know. <laughs> yeah, that's good. Oh, man. Yeah. There's fewer things out there that I think I would want mass spammed at me. <laughs> then a spider on my dick? Yeah. The, 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 the dick spider was scary. I agree. I agree. Uh, so what do we have happening this weekend? Uh, are you guys excited about Magic, like, uh, there is a, a SCG this weekend in Wusta. Wusta, Wusta. So I know that uh, Larry Swayze is going to play in it. He'll be playing some uh, Jeskai Aggro, which basically is our team guy's deck in standard, which is why oh. the deck is fun to play. Uh, and then if he scrubs out, uh, he's got a deck to play on Sunday <laughs> in the modern event. <laughs> so. That's going to be sweet. So if you guys are there, you can uh, go say hi to Larry and wish him good luck. Yeah. We'll see the Swayze Shuffle. The Swayze Shuffle. Um, I have uh, I have to thank all of my board of directors for my stream. I, I have uh, amassed two more directors on the board. Uh, one of which is Slick Jagger himself. Slick Jagger. Slick Jagger is now my boss or one of oh, my bosses. Goodness. And I think that he has paid for the privilege just so that I would say the words out loud that Slick Jagger is my boss. <laughs> so, thanks, Slick! Love ya. I'd uh, let Slick Jagger tell me what to do. I know. 
I know. I, I'm really not unhappy with it. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not unhappy. So, yeah, I'm. Uh, I'm really happy about Magic right now. Uh, that said, there was a Magic Online survey. Oh, that was passed around. Uh, it's still available. People who hate Magic Online, who stopped playing it and haven't seen any of the changes to it, now are voicing their opinion. Top notch. Correct. Yeah, I'm actually very surprised that they released this survey before the update that comes through next week, because next week is when we are supposed to get all of the movable fields. Oh, yeah. Like the pop out graveyards and that sort of stuff. Oh, really sick. Yeah. Yeah. That update comes down on Wednesday. So I'm interested to see. I, like I'm actually curious as to why they released it before that, because I would expect that a lot of the issues that people are bitching about might very well become addressed during the update. They also say they're constantly improving the memory leak issues and so on and so forth. So I don't know. I haven't really had any issues with MTGO, I don't think, since. Again, knock on wood, pimp-ass computer and a sweet Canadian ISP. Like, I, I don't know what to tell you. But, uh, and I mean, KYT, you, you were talking about it on Twitter a little too. Like, if you're basically just drafting, the interface is really sweet. Yeah, no, the interface is actually very good. There's just some things it does terribly wrong. If you're just drafting, it's, I could almost say, like, like there's no reason for me to lie about this. I think it's yeah. almost, like, stri- almost strictly better, like, in almost every single way than the previous client, if you're just playing limited. But that's only, I'm only saying that, not that Constructed's bad, I'm only saying that because I haven't actually played um, a significant amount uh, I don't think I've played over a handful of games, constructed games, on the new client since we've gone to V4. Um, so I can't really comment too much about that. Um, I know it, cr- it used to crash for me every now and again with the random main navigation, whatever, the, the error that a lot of people, a lot of you are seeing. And, uh, but I did get tweetbacks from like my friend Derek Boyko, who says that he also mainly dra- drafts, but he, he can't get it to work. So... I don't know what it is. I'm running Windows 8.1. Maybe that's it. I'm, I've got, I had eight gigs of RAM before, and, and that was fine. I've upgraded since the 16. So my 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 rig is pretty slick. So I don't know if it's that, but certainly have had no issues like recording. Like some people can't record and play. I can do both, and I've been recording over 14. More than that, like some of them I don't even publish, uh, whether it be my my own fault or my own technical difficulties, but it was never the client's fault. So I could say that I've probably recorded over 20 where there's been zero issues. So I'm optimistic about the future. If if the rest of the client feels like the draft experience, then then it's an overall upgrade. I, I like I'm excited to I'm tempted to even like after this cast try to jump in a queue and draft black white warriors like that's how good the client is and um it's interesting to see other people have a completely different experience than than us yeah like yeah. that's the tough part is that i feel bad like yes i 100 percent admit that i wanted more but okay. the people right now feel like my my impression is that there are a lot of people out there who had it in their head what the perfect client looks like and it didn't match their expectations 
And because of that, they're not willing to give it a chance at all. And it's so popular to shit on it, so let's just all shit on it. Yeah. Now, um, it, to be fair, inventory management, collection management, still not good. Yeah, no, absolutely. And, absolutely. and if, if I had to identify the Achilles heel of the program, it would be that. Oh, yeah. And building anything decks. that that touches. Yeah. Um, I found that, like, building decks is fine if you're uploading from a text file. Yeah. Well, they've, they've made some good changes, which is, like, I, I appreciate the right-click, use cards that I own to build this deck. Oh, I agree. My goodness. It took too long for that to happen. But now that it's happened, why complain about it? Yep. It's, it's done. It's solved. And, like, that's kind of the big thing. Playing Magic on the new client is superior to the old client. Like, actually playing Magic. The inventory management is still terrible. Yeah. Deck building from not text files where you're actually clicking through cards and stuff like that, still pretty terrible. It's pretty painful. I don't know why I have 19 wish lists. Every time I go through and delete them, I get 19 wish lists. I don't know why. I can't figure it out. But I'll just join another draft. <laughs> yeah, I hear you. Yeah, some like in the previous client, I remember there's always that conf- when you had like cards from different editions or something. Oh yeah, that was fucked up. And and now I think Reed Soul mentioned how he like traded things that he didn't mean to trade. Um, I think it happened to me recently where I was trying to figure out. I don't know how the client behaves today. But, you know, a couple of weeks ago or something where um, it was telling me it was the numbers were changing based on what cards I had for certain decks or something. Um, like if I had like two copies in my modern deck, it would just like in one of my modern lists and I was uh, deck editing from for some other deck. It felt like I couldn't see those cards like it was it was sort of weird. And uh, so unintuitive for me, the experience. So. Oh, yeah. If you have a deck open and you're trying to look through your collection, your collection is augmented by what cards are in the deck that you're looking at. So if yeah. you ever just want to look at your collection to trade stuff, the best thing to do is to start a new deck or to go to, like, your trade binder. If you okay. have a deck open, it will actually show that you have less cards because they're in the deck that you're looking at. Okay, okay. Good tip. Yeah. And it sucks that we have to have these tips. It sucks. But at the same point, it's getting better and better. Like, they're putting out things. It actually feels like there is a, God forbid, chance that leagues are coming back. Or something like leagues. They're supposed to come back um, November, December. See, that blows my mind. Because we've only been waiting for that for like, once they come back, like, uh, people are going to have lots of things not to complain about. Yeah, I agree. I'm actually, for, as, from a streamer's perspective, I'm very, very, very anxiously awaiting that. Because it basically means that we no longer uh, have to wait in between our matches. Right? We can just, like, play. And then, when that's done, play someone else. It's so exciting. Oh, can't wait. Can't wait, won't wait. Can't wait, won't wait. Um, I'm trying to figure out when... I'm I'm actually in the process right now trying to find 
when it is they said it was coming back. Leagues later this year. Yeah, I think it's I think it's like November December. So, yay! Um, Shaolin Monk is back. <laughs> I think he's caught up. Yeah, he's, he's actually been. I get emails about the the comments on any episode, and he's been commenting on every older episode we've had for a while. Really? So should I like go back and read them all? Like, like, and he did a recent tweet. He told us like he was mad at us that we didn't uh, shout him out. Because yeah, of the, how do we not months. reference him when there's a shit ton of Shaolin monks in concept arc here? That was the tweet. Leaping master. <laughs> <laughs> leap, leap. <laughs> oh goodness so we still don't know when the next MTG tournament in Toronto is right you guys aren't doing anything in there nope terrible fucking seriously it's a crime it's a damn hey I'm sure this. you guys will have a pre-TQ coming up soon <laughs> that is true um, I should find out when. Uh, did you make out on any specs uh, off the Pro Tour? No, I, I don't spec. You're no fun? I just try and buy all the cards. Oh. Like, I have five five sets of Theros block. Five and, sets. Yeah. Holy crap, Siege Rhino is a $12 card. Yeah, that seems inexpensive for how good it is. Wow! Zer. I got seven at four dollars a piece. Who wants them? Come get them. Oh my goodness. Breaking the bank. You just oh broke man. it, man. That's fine. The, I mean, the specs are meant to be little. I have a playset of Korean Siege Rhinos on eBay that ends in two hours, and I'm hoping to get them for 26 bucks the play set. That's pretty good. Yeah. Somebody's dumping. Well, that's insanely good. What the fuck? Yeah. Actually, that's too high. I don't want to go that high. <laughs> um, to go to let's say 40 bucks. Mantis Rider is $8. Wow. Yeah, I love how Rabble Master is $20. It's completely... Rabble Master is 20 bucks? Yeah. Bizarre. So crazy. Sarkin is a $50 card on StarCityGames.com. Yeah, I think he's going to be like a Hellkite. I think he's going to stay at 50 Really? Yeah, that's my, my prediction. Foils are out of stock at $80. Wow. Actually, I need to get some of these rocks. What are the rocks going for? Uh, let me tell you. 20. 20? Okay. Oh, I'll go up to 18 on the Korean one. And Soren is... Oh, that's foil. Whew. Soren is $35. Yeah. See, that's where I've been lucky online. I've just been non-stop cracking Sorens, too. Ugh, so fortunate. Yeah. Wow. Magic is a funny game with wonderful monies behind it. Uh, anyone know what a foil Korean treasure cruise is worth? A foil tree Korean treasure cruise? Yeah. Um, 90, I think. Hmm. 
As he scrolls right. through eBay. Or his collection. Unsure which. No, I don't have one. Oh. I don't either. I'm just curious. But. Nice. Uh, dollar dollar bills, y'all. Dollar dollar bills. While you are at your dollar dollar bills, you can, of course, uh, spend those dollar dollar bills with KYT and I. Really? Yeah. Support our Patreons. That would be super sweet. <laughs> KYT's Patreon has been, like, linking everywhere. It is all over manadeprived.com. If you like manadeprived.com, you should sponsor his Patreon. If you like my stream, you should sponsor my stream. And you can do that at patreon.com slash MrScottyMac. If you really it. like what I contribute, you can sponsor one of these two fine fellows, or you can go play a draft. Nice. I like that. On the new client. Yeah, do it on the new client. Say fuck those guys. Well, it's going to be tough liners. to do it on the old client, so. There's yeah. that. Even though, like, the people who are filling out the survey is like, yeah, if we write enough shit, they'll give us back the old client. Now no. be naive. That's correct. Um, yeah, KYT, if you want to play standard, play fucking Phil's deck. It's right. really, really good. Yep, whatever he decides to do. I actually think you should play, um, you should play the deck that I played on Wednesday, except you should cut the Rabble Masters and cut the Gods Willing and play two Griffs and three Brumaz. Okay. Yep, that's what you should do. I play standard, yeah. That's like that's the colors I'm looking to play. Yeah. Um, still got to figure out if I'm going to legacy uh, to play legacy in when I come back from Hong Kong. Um, it's gonna be November first, and GP New Jersey is November fifteenth or something like that. Uh, oh, okay. So I haven't played it for years. Um, it's definitely. Um, I think it's it's. It's not very attractive for me in terms of... That's why I like Standard so much. Despite it always changing, I don't feel like... I don't feel intimidated by the amount of cards I need to know, the amount of strategies that I need to know. That's why Standard always appeals to me and will forever appeal to me as my favorite format out of all the major ones. And Legacy is just like... To think about just starting to test that is like, ugh. Yeah. Brainstorm? Fuck! Gotta learn how to maximize those, gotta learn, like... Come on, everyone knows the best way to play that is on the end step with no fetches. <laughs> but, uh, if, if people are playing, like, now we're seeing Treasure Cruise uh, in, in that, too, like, Blue Red Delver or uh, Bug Delver, um, or, or Soul Tie Delver, excuse me, are playing it, so, I mean... And then there's, uh, I was talking to Drew Levin, and he's like, okay, maybe just, you know, try to one-up these guys and play Gaddock Teague, and that shuts down all that bullshit. Wow. <laughs> so. That Teague. Lots of tools in Legacy, and that's why it's, it's just the craziest format. Or, like, I hate just, I just hate losing to a combo because I just don't know what the combo's doing. And, you know, it's just a lot of boring work. Just to look through lists and understand, oh, okay, this is the card I have to counter, or this is the creature I have to kill to stop them from comboing off. But I don't feel like that in standard. It's like, you know, just just play. So I'll see, like, I, I'd have to feel pretty damn prepared to go, but at the same time, like, last time, I, I day two'd when um, I 
I played Reanimator, and I had like basically zero games of prep because I had pre- I was preparing myself to play Hypergenesis, yeah. which is one of the easiest decks in the format. It's really just like the simplest deck ever. I don't even remember the exact uh, interaction, but you just have to like I think play some Cascade spell Hypergenesis and get Emrakul in play and win or some 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 something like that. Yeah. Um, Whereas, like, Reanimator, you sort of, you have counter spells, you sort of have to, like, make sure you do it in, in the right time and, and, and the right turn. Um, so, but I don't know if it's true or not. Like, most people tell me a lot. This is not something that I say. This is things that you hear a lot of players say, and, and I don't, I'm not sure of the statement. But they say that legacy, most legacy players are just bad magic players. Oh, so, I don't know legs. if that's actually true. Right? What, Jer? Shots fired legacy. Yeah, I, I'm not even sure if that's true, but, um, you know, their reasoning is that because they just play legacy so much, they know their deck so well, but they're not, they can't really adjust as well as some of the other players who are just more well-rounded, well-versed, so that they can better maneuver different situations, and uh, it gives them more... Um, I guess power or leeway to you know outplay some legacy veteran or something like that. I feel like if you've got uh, a pretty good base of magic understanding and you've played legacy a few times at that level, that your number one best chance to qualify for the Pro Tour right now is fucking Grand Prix New Jersey. <laughs> I don't think it's. Are... I don't think it's particularly close. Yeah, I, I think I think that you could go and have a good chance. Yeah, anyway. like you may actually come across people playing with modern decks. Like, this is one of those uh, tournaments that has basically become a, like, a phenomenon. Star City, the, the Star City Hype Wagon is a real thing. And, uh, and overall, I think that if you really want to, you know, have fun and, and give a, a good shot at the tour, I, I think that's where you need to go. And you just pick a good deck that's going to be strong and consistent. Um, consistently powerful, even, and just play that. Yeah, see, like, the thing about Legacy is it's so unmoving, and I have to imagine that Legacy players, they don't change decks too often because it's very cost-prohibitive. They will probably play with the same people over and over and over again. And the tough part about that, when you don't have a lot of change in decks, and you have the same people playing against each other, the decks become very inbred. Yeah, and so do your playlines. Oh yeah, playlines become very inbred. But yes, I absolutely 100% endorse playing Infect at that event, by the way. Yeah. If that's what I heard you asking. Like, you absolutely should just play Tom Ross's Infect list and fucking not even think about it. Yeah. I, like, it is, it's hands down absurdly powerful, but at the same time, plays in this, like, linear fat, oh god, I don't know. If I were playing Legacy, I would 100% be snap playing that deck, not, like... Just nut, nut, nut. Yeah. Yeah, it's ridiculous. Yeah, it's it's extremely powerful. Has a lot of play and a lot of decision making to it, though, which makes it appealing for players like you. So, yeah, yeah. I, like he, when he was streaming with you, he was in some spots. He was really deep in the tech, and sometimes he's like, ah, "I don't know, man. I I don't know." <laughs> yeah, and you're like, "Don't like you suggested a line, and he's just like frozen. Uh, I don't know, man." I don't know. <laughs> okay, wait, you're the type of guy who's gone to the casino, right? 
Yeah. <laughs> Sometimes you just gotta get lucky, bro. <laughs> Sometimes you just gotta gamble. What I find really interesting, what I found interesting about that stream in particular was he was still very much, well, I haven't really thought it all through, so it's probably not absolutely correct, but it sounds good to me. <laughs> and to hear him say things like that, you really, there's a whack load more play to the deck than I think, like at the master level, than anybody's giving it credit for. But as yeah, a strategy, sure. it's it's so it's definitely powerful enough to just it'll like you'll easily day two with that deck. And I mean, in my opinion, it's one of your best shots to top it. I mean, you crush miracles all day. Like it's your job. <laughs> so, I mean, like, come on, I beat Joe Lissette on stream with it. I mean, Tom beat Joe Lissette on stream with it. You get the idea. But um, I mean, like Joe Lissette is Mr. Miracle. He's Mr. Miracle. He saw three lands in two games. Anyways, um, the bottom line is the games were over so quickly, and that's what matters. Because Infect does that. It just closes the game out. It, it takes, it adds, it has decision trees for you, which are very complex, but it has the capacity to remove all the decision trees for your opponent by killing them on turn two. That's pretty exciting for me. I just love, <laughs> I gotta read his article again. It's just that the title is so awesome. How to beat me in Legacy. Yeah. <laughs> How to beat me by Tom Ross. Yeah, he's such a good writer too. Such Never a boss. Say so he's the boss, man. He's the boss for a reason. So, so I did indeed this evening have the luxury of enjoying. Finally, I got my Southern Tier Warlock. What the hell does that mean? So, oh, that's uh, beer, right? It's You're beer. Talking yeah, about that. yeah. So, so Pumpkin. Was the pumpkin ale from Southern Tier? They're uh, back. They're a brewery local to uh, some city in New York, as I found out today. And they also put out this, or or are recently releasing in Canada, uh, new this year, uh, a product called Warlock. And what it is is it's an imperial stout, um, with uh, the pumpkin flavoring seasoning ingredient, whatever, Yum. whatever it is that they do. But it's super good. Like, very, very good. Dark, black, heavy, and delicious. So is it like when beer comes with, like, a piece of, like, orange or a piece of lime stuck to the edge of it? This one here comes with, like, a slice of pumpkin pie on the rim of the glass? No, but that's what it smells and tastes like a little. Oh, okay. It's really, really tasty, except that it's it's also, like, you know, 8.9% alcohol by volume. So <laughs> it's really delicious. If you if you drink two, like the last time so I drank like four okay and in one evening like at a party and I was legitimately drunk. Like I I could tell I could I I, I can honestly admit I was drunk. I was not operating a motor vehicle. I was not an idiot, but I was drunk. And for those of you that have been out sharing drinks with me, I don't get drunk often. Because you cheat. No. no. Mostly because I'm a tank. He is a tank. I am a no, tank. He cheats. I know what to drink, and I know what I yeah. drink. Non-alcoholic drinks. That's <gasps> <gasps> not true at all. But, like, but I can drink, I can drink a, a good healthy share of beers, and I yeah. can drink a, a good healthy share of 
gin responsibly and, you know, things like that. But I know that if I take a shot of rye, I'm dead. So I just drink what I'm supposed to drink and that's it. But yeah, like eat four of these, man, and I was done. I was like done. I mean, we can sit down and boost cube and I can kill, I can crush fucking like 20 cores. No problem. Right? No problem. No problem? No problem. No over problem? A bo- over a boost cube, right? Oh. Like, it's fine. Because you drink them really fast, and they're all mostly water. But, like, four of these, and I was drunk. So, that's good. I'm, I'm pretty happy. Plus, they're big bottles, too. They're, like, basically doubles. So, yeah. But I enjoyed them, and they're delicious. I'm very happy. Shout out to Southern Tier Brewery. Love you. All right, good. Uh, good luck to everyone that goes out to SG Worcester this weekend. I hope that we are not treated to unending Abzan mirrors. Um, don't forget, you guys can uh, should tune into my stream now, Mondays and Wednesdays. Uh, generally looking to start between 8.30 and 9. Uh, so you guys can tune into that. And uh, guys, anything else? Go to Yellowknife to go and watch Jer's conference speech this weekend. Yeah, unfortunately, by the time they get this episode, it'll be done. So if you did come travel out... Travel backwards in time yeah, and make sure that you go machine, to that. Yeah. Um, come and see me so that I have enough time to finish my presentation. Second, <laughs> thank you very much for coming to Yellowknife to see the event. Uh, I, I'm sure it's going to be awesome. Like, they got all kinds of crazy stuff going on. They're going to have Werewolf. They're going to have, like, this Resistance game. I'm supposed to play in the Resistance game with, like, the mayor. Ooh. So, like, it's wild. Like, it sounds like they have a real fun community up there. You're so, like real celebrity. I'm so excited for you. Yeah, it's wild. It's going to be so much fun. So, I'm really excited to like get up there and see what happens. Good for you. Yeah. Well, I hope you come back and tell us all about it. Um, yes. So, KYT, you're off for two weeks. Yep. Yep. I am off. So, Jay hopefully is back next week. <laughs> I don't know about that. Hmm. Well, I do hear you're getting another Asian guy to replace me, so hopefully that guy does well. <laughs> Paul Chion will be on the show next week. Chion? The Chion himself will be on the no. show this week. Yeah, he has some uh, some life changes that have occurred that he wants to share with all of us, and he wants to talk to us about the Pro Tour and come to hang out. He's fulfilling the obligation that he made to me over beers uh, at the MTGOCC and coming for a spot on the show. I got the email last night. He sent me the message. and He's like, so when am I coming on the show? Question mark, question mark. And I'm just like, it's my man, Paul Chion, right there. He's the man. So, yeah, he'll be on next week. Hopefully Jay's back. If not, you and I get to tag team Paul Chion. Yeah, I'll be interested to see how, how his pro tour experience, like, after being gone, like, off the train for so long and then coming back for the first time. And now, like, I love I love the tweets, like, LSV talking about, like, hoping that he qualifies by himself so that he doesn't have to carry him again for her team sealed. <laughs> <laughs> and then, of course, when you look at the place, the placings for the Pro Tour, uh, we had Paul yeah, Chiano, like, one point fi- ahead. Yeah, 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 one, <laughs> one spot ahead. Just on breakers or something stupid. It's funny. So yeah, it's uh it's it's gonna be exciting. I'm I'm actually quite looking forward to having him on. So hopefully uh hopefully you enjoy the show. Hopefully if you guys have any questions or anything you wanna ask Paul, uh hit me up. You guys leave them in the comments of this episode and we'll we'll figure it out. So yeah. 
All right. Well, everybody, thank you for listening to A-Team episode 201. Hopefully uh, you stick around for another 100 more. Because <laughs> we will. <laughs> See you guys. I love you all. Except Jake. Fuck you. Spouse guy. <laughs>